Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome back to Uptime Community. Today's date is June 14th, 2022. I'm Greg Messina, and if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Today is a good day. We have a special guest today. His name is Michael Pels from Centurions of Faith YouTube channel. Uh, he is on with us today, and uh, Michael finally had a real uh, longing and heart of belief for Jesus Christ after reading the gospel in 2019. Of course, uh, we're going to um, uh, hear a little bit about his testimony and uh, a little bit more about uh, what he has to say about his YouTube channel ministry and, uh, of course, I want to welcome back our usual uptime panel, and uh, we welcome back Brother Bob, Brother brother Kevin, and we have Brother Joe with us. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on. Hello. Hey, great. How's it going? Good. Thanks. Exciting times. Exciting times. Exciting times, it is. And I forgot to read verse of the day, of course, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. This is Bible Gateways, first of the day. And um, we welcome on with us Michael Pels. Um, first, I just want to let you know Brother Robert wasn't able to make it tonight. Um, he's doing fine. Um, he's just taking the night off and uh, spending that time with his wife. All right. And uh, we welcome Michael Pels to the broadcast to Uptime. Welcome. How you guys doing? Brother. It's nice yeah, to be here. Michael. Um, yeah, my name's Michael Pels. And. Um, from the the south or midwest i guess you could say and i grew up in church like a lot of us do in the bible bell and you know we go to sunday school and we get taught and um I, over time i i started growing older and started wanting to do my own thing and not go to church and my parents wanted me to and i guess uh i was homeschooled up until high school so I wanted to be there with my friends and actually graduate. And then this was probably the worst decision, but you know, in God's greater plan of things, everything has gone perfectly according to his will and plan. But, uh, that led me down a bad road of drug abuse and addictions and many other addictions. And it was very, very challenging, um, trying to have this relationship with the Lord, but not really knowing exactly what that meant what that was like i heard all these testimonies from others going to church and growing up in the church and it seemed like something that i could never attain or really have for myself and um thus i just kind of went astray i, I turned to my own way and did my own thing and um tried to live a double life you know trying to serve two masters for so long and um it was really tragic. The Lord had to bring me through some extremely humbling and crushing events, but he knew exactly how to bring me there and pull me out to, to bring me to ultimately the end goal. And, um, February 19th, I, uh, was distraught. Um, I had overdosed and I had a lot of things going on in my life that was just completely 
completely crazy. It was the, the biggest storm of my life. And during this time, the devil kept trying to make me feel as if there was no hope and that the only hope that I had was just to kill myself. And um, so I kept hearing those thoughts coming in and I'll never forget. I would in the just lowest pit of hell that you could possibly God reached all the way down there and pulled me out and delivered as if it were in my YouTube suggestion box of a preacher named Robert Breaker who preaches the gospel very well. And um, it was like I heard I heard the gospel a hundred thousand times before, but there was something different that night. It was as if it, it is, is an act of God, the Holy Spirit that guides you into the truth. It was no longer head knowledge, but moved down into my heart. And when I accepted that, I, I fell asleep. You know, it wasn't like fireworks or explosions, but when I fell asleep, I woke up a different person. And there's no real way to describe that experience unless you've been there. And it's something I would love everyone to experience and to share that, that communing with the Lord and the Holy Spirit and the cleansing. It's, it's a, it's, it's so fantastic. And especially how far I had, I had fallen and the Lord had to pull me out of, and that, was so beautiful. I'll never forget the scenery and the trees and the light on my face and just the love that I felt just beaming out. I felt like someone could have just walked up and slapped me and I would have been like, I love you, brother. <laughs> you know, like it wouldn't even have bothered me. I was just, just so in love with the Lord and I just got my Bible out and every day was reading and I started kind of getting a little structured if you will in a good way but the lord has as he does with us all he has to teach us you know how to walk in his ways and it's been such a blessing and um for the first year it was just nothing but bible personal time with the lord reading praying studying because the biggest thing i was afraid of is i had had to undo a lot of doctrinal issues well the lord had to undo a lot of doctrinal problems that i had learned all these misnomers and just doctrines of demons and devils and um over time it made me afraid and i was like well lord i want to if i'm going to learn this i don't want no one else to teach me but you so i didn't want to read no other people's books i didn't want to really rely on anyone now since then the lord has told me that he has appointed people to teach who are good teachers. So the Holy Spirit will instruct you through others. And um, it's just been an awesome, awesome journey to just grow, as it says, to abound more and more with the Lord. And every day it's something new. Every day he can blow your mind when you when you open up scripture. It's always something new that's, that he's speaking to you and showing you and guiding you and teaching you. Just mm -hmm. when you think, it's it's like, wow, it truly is a fountain of living waters that never ends. And it's just been such a blessing. And over time, I felt the Lord tugging on me through all the Bible studies that I love my family. <laughs> I forced them through. And um, I just felt this teaching mentality and i just love to teach and i've been an instructor and done a lot in the professional field of information technology for a while and i was like well maybe this i've always been good at teaching i was like well maybe this is what the lord has wanted me to do is to try to help people and I, it tugged at my heart and i waited a really long time probably longer than what the lord wanted but i just didn't want to just 
go do something and be outside of the will of, of the father. And um, mm-hmm. it's, he's just blessed me so much. And he's taken care of every, every need that I could ever, ever ask for. And that's when Centurions of Faith came because there's a lot of despair and troubling and fear in the world. And I wanted to have a platform to remember like how the Centurion, you know, when the Lord was like, you know, marveled at his faith. Like, man, I haven't seen faith like this in, in all of Israel. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, this is so awesome. And I was like, I want to, I want to be that vessel that the Lord can use to help invigorate people again. And it's been such a blessing to allow that the Lord has allowed me to, it's very humbling too, because with all this, the Lord has taught me lessons and, and show me things in my life that he had the hurdles and the challenges he had to bring me through. And it always keeps me grounded and like, Lord, I understand now these all make sense. Every time that, in a frustration, I was like, why, God, all those years ago? It's like every answer has been answered now. And um, it's been such a blessing. And I don't I, I like to help harbor and grow the faith. But I not like in a Joe Olstein crazy, you know, philosophy type way, but in a grounded and true Christian doctrine of not my will, but thy will be done, Abba. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Uh, how did you come up with uh, the title Centurions of Faith? Where did where did you get that from? Well, so, I mean, uh, obviously from Scripture. Is it uh, Matthew eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's so uh, it's kind of funny because there's a end times teacher, Doctor Barry Awe, and um, he talked about the centurion. And I've always had this, not necessarily for the maybe the best, but I've always had that type of military militant type mentality of adapt and overcome, adapt and overcome. And that's actually been one of the biggest hurdles to get through with my walk with the Lord, because a lot of times the Lord's like, Whoa, slow down. I'm the one who already overcome. You have to just come through me. And um, so that's been a very unique experience, but the centurion the the picture of the gentiles you know and it i just think it's such a it's so beautiful what the lord has done for us you know and i was like what a perfect picture because it says you know in timothy how we are like soldiers right enlisted we don't care no more about the affairs of this life because of who has enlisted us to do his service and um it really inspired me listening to a lot of really good end times teachers and I was like, yep, that's perfect. <laughs> that's it. And when I heard centurions and I thought in my mind of oh, faith, of course, the Lord probably put that there, you know. And uh, I was like, yep, that's it. Centurions of faith. And now it's a great title. It's a great. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, I appreciate it. All the glory be to God. <laughs> Trust me, I couldn't think of something that that cool. You know, only God's cool like that. Yeah. Now, as you know, uh, I asked Joe if uh, you knew of someone um, that you could bring on who's like-minded in Christ. And, uh, you know, um, he said, yeah, he said you. And um, how, how did you get to know each other, Joe? Um, well, during the uh, beginning of the, uh, I guess, 2020, when everything had started, 
Um, a lot of rapture dreams started happening. <clears throat> I ended up having my first one and uh, I dove in. I was sitting at home. I was collecting pandemic checks, couldn't do anything. I just absorbed rapture dreams and I came across uh, a few of Mike's dreams and we started communicating and commenting and um, we just did this probably for at least six to 10 months during the pandemic when things were really happy, you know, things were really exploding within the bride as far as uh, rapture dreams and just all different types of dreams. And Mike's dreams were, um, what caught me about Mike's dreams and visions was that they were very long and detailed. Not every one of them, but he had ones where he was shown a lot of different things. Um, and the one that really always stuck with me, Mike, was the one that, uh, I mean, this is amazing. There's more to this dream, but the part that Mike talks about in the dream is that he sees a, uh, I believe it was a woman or somebody on the back deck and uh, a group of people came and like destroyed her brutally. And the next scene after that, I think, if Mike can correct me, was that he saw her resurrect and she was uh, like put back together. He like saw the whole thing come back to life like a resurrection. And that's not stuff that, um, you know, I, only he knows and can discern what that dream means. But, you know, these are the things Mike was seeing and witnessing. And that was during the time of a, little, a lot of political upheaving. And, um, you know, so there was a lot of different dreams. But Mike, um, the spirit just told me to communicate with Mike out of all the dreams. I, I've seen thousands. And um, we were just really able to understand each other's dreams and, and have a connection there, you know, somehow through the spirit. As usual, just it did what it does. And um, then we exchanged numbers. We spoke a few times. And then, you know, my situation, I was trying to get out of up north. And um, the world started to open back up. And then I didn't see Mike for a while. And then he opened up his new channel. And uh, it's terrific. Centurions of Fate. Any, faith, anybody on here, definitely check it out. A lot of encouragement. A lot of scripture. Um, and um, it definitely blesses anybody who watches it. Yes, very good. Excellent content. Um, so, uh, Kevin and Bob, how, how have you been? How, how, how was your week? Whoever wants to speak first. <laughs> They're both muted, aren't they? No. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're we can hear fine. you now. Okay. Go ahead, Kevin. All right. Well, yeah, you know, um, this week is, is, has been a it's been an interesting one because it seems like every day that there, there's there's more things that are occurring that basically point to, um, you know, the prophecies starting to, you know, really line up. And, um, you know, the pages of of the word are coming to life right before us. I, I, I think one of the big things this week was just more more rumblings with Israel and Syria around Damascus and Russia, you know, having really strong words for Israel. And, uh, you know, that just, re that just kind of, you know, I had this hypothesis for a while that, that Ezekiel 38, 39 would, would come on the heels of um, the Isaiah 17, one prophecy. Um, and it seems like, you know, 
if Israel did something that big to Damascus that Russia would be provoked, um, you know, to the to the point where they that they would, uh, you know, at least consider an attack um, on Israel. So, uh, you know, it's it's like, I mean, you can't say that that would have happened years and years ago. I mean, Russia was not really involved with Syria very much. I mean, you're talking like, you know, ten maybe maybe a little longer than ten years ago, but I mean, twenty, thirty, certainly fifty years ago or so. I mean. You know, R- Russia didn't really much care, but I mean, Russian troops are in Syria and they're kind of defending, uh, you know, the uh, Assad there and they're defending the government. And it's it's just like, you know, there's not just obviously Russia there, but having Iran there and and Turkey, you know, continuing to threaten that they're going to come in on, on, you know, over the border and, and take over parts of, of Syria. Um that whole area right there is just a, a powder keg. And um, just this week, you know, having more things about that, just ramping up to the point where Russia's like, you know, stop bombing. You know, if you do, if you continue, you're going to get, you're going to get shot at, you know, it's just like, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely not diminishing there. It's, 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 it's growing. And that's what we would expect to see if uh, you know, um, since we know that these prophecies are ultimately going to take place one day. So, you know, things like that. And then of course, just like every headline is just like, you know, uh, the things that are talked about that are going to basically, you know, be here during the tribulation. Um, those things are on the the pages of the news every single day, you know, regarding, inflation you know the economy is start is is, is going to tank i mean you know it's it's like it just it just feels like that like the path to go you know just like everything really go bad it seems like that we're on that path right now and that we're we're, we're feeling it does and seem I mean, that way doesn't it yeah it's cuz before like you know sure there's been cycles and things like that but but right now it just feels like there's there's this ticking time bomb that is about to explode and that it's it's you can just like see the fuse getting shorter and shorter and um and and the and also the the, the way that people um you know talk to each other react to each other i mean there's not a lot of love going on there's there's, there's a lot of um you know dissension and a lot of uh, distraction, and it's just, uh, yeah, it just feels like that we're, you know, we're about ready to to see a few things happen here that really um, lead it lead it right into there. So that's got to tell you if the, if, the, if all those things are happening right now, then you know our, um, you know our escape is not too far away. It, it feels like it just it, it feels like that it's. Uh, you know, something's gonna something's gonna have to give sooner or later, and it seems like it's gonna be sooner than later. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the, you know my observations this week is it just it just you know once again reinforces uh, what the Bible says and and what times that we're in. And uh, you know I don't I think that you have to kind of be uh, you know will, willfully ignorant or just you know completely you know dis- disown. God, the Bible, and so forth, and say, I'm not going to look at this. It's not true. 
But, um, you know, for those who are watching, we see this, we see this day approaching. And so, um, you know, this week did not dissuade me in any way to think that we were on the wrong track. Uh, 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 So uh, just, I mean, every headline is just like, you know, aliens. I mean, (laughs) you know, it's like just all these topics that we talk about that are, you know, that are, that are possible deceptions and stuff like that to come. And then, you know, economic woes, famine, food shortages, you know, earthquakes. It's just like all those things that are talked about, about the beginning of sorrows and deception and stuff. Uh, of course, there's like the, this, this, I think there's this hearing going on, Bob. I've heard about some kind of hearing that's going on in Washington, D.C. Um, but some of the things that they've, that they've t- talked about are actually proven lies. <laughs> so it's got to make you wonder, like, if that's the case after all these months of investigation and, they, and, they, and then they lie about some things in order to prove their point, you got to wonder what their actual goals and motives are. And, and, and that's why I believe that a lot of people simply just don't trust um, anyone really in power anymore at this point because they know that they're not really there to serve uh, the public and to get to, down to the truth and get the common good and, and things like that. But in, in fact, it's always about interior motives and, uh, and what they can do for themselves and their party and, and the people around them in order to, you know, basically just control and stay in power. And when, and when you have people in control like that, and just the, the regular masses like us, we look at it and go, you know, we, we don't we don't believe you. We don't trust you. And when that happens, uh, it's it becomes uh, it becomes desperation time for them. And they do things that they normally wouldn't do. And we've been talking about that for the last bunch of months, too, about like, why would they do that, Bob? You know, it's like, is this, seriously, I mean, that doesn't even benefit them. They've. They've kind of lost their minds, which is what the Bible says is going to happen to those people in the end, is that they are going to be given over to, you know, just deception and deceit. And they're not even going to realize what they're doing. And and some of them will and some of them won't. But but they're all going to be deceiving each other and they're all going to be um, being deceived by each other. So it's uh, yeah, yeah, that's really kind of what I saw this week, Greg. Thanks, Kevin. I brought up Psalm 2, you know, after you mentioned that. I mean, listen, the kings of the earth set themselves and rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder, cast away their cords from us. Mm-hmm. Right. He that setteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. And uh, then he shall speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yeah, so, that, that's coming, isn't it? <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. And, uh, you know, we things have to get worse. Things have to get a lot worse before they get better. It's just it's just the way it's going to be, folks. And, uh, you know, I know there's some people who comment, oh, I just I don't like hearing the bad stuff. You know, listen, it, it's part of it's part of this this journey uh, that we're going through. And, and it's not that we want to talk about it. It's not that we but it's the, the, the process that we have to go through. And it just shows more and more that the things that we talk about that's already in Scripture are coming to fruition. It's coming. Uh, it's becoming more real, even to the lost. 
and they need to hear this. They need to see this stuff because even when we're gone, there might be a chance uh, they they see an episode of Uptime. They see they 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 find some one of our Bibles or or something that we leave behind for them. This this is stuff that they have to hear too and realize. Wow, everything that they were talking about at one point is is true. Bob, don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, you don't want to talk about the bad stuff, but let's face it, though, that's the time we're in. And, uh, you know, the, the very pervasive evil that's beginning to take take over the whole world now. Okay. I think we I think we can see a lot of the same traits in world leaders now. These, you guys have noticed that, that these world leaders don't care about their people. Okay. <laughs> so then that's that's our government right now here in the United States. The very, it's, it's basically the Gestapo is running our country now. And basically their goal, and I don't know why people are surprised now. I'm not surprised no more. Everything they're doing now, they it's their goal to dissolve America. America can yeah. can I have a free roaming country with people making money and having freedom and being this shining hope of example of freedom around the world during the seven year tribulation? Okay, you can't have that. And that's probably the reason why God is allowing all these things to take place and all these Wicked people in our government are getting away with everything. There's it's absolute lawlessness. And I think we're past that point now where we're like, you know, they should not be doing it. You see what they're doing? They should not be doing that. Well, you know, that's kind of a, the mindset they were like what Hitler did. It was it was a slow boil. Well, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. And it got to the point where they just like, you know what? We hate you guys. We're coming for you now. Okay. And they're almost at that point. All right. But, you know, that's just a time and age that we are in right now. I mean, look look what happened to our supply chains over the last two years, two, three years. Yeah. Okay? All on purpose. They shut down the Keystone pipelines. All on purpose. All right? And they oh, go go electric cars. Okay, are you investing any money into the infrastructure for electric cars? No. Then how are we supposed to go into electric cars? Well, you know, <laughs> you know, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, no, Joe, you got to invest money into the infrastructure to make it work. Well, the, the hold on a second, we can sip my ice cream. Okay. Well, the, the truth is, Bob, we don't want anybody in cars because cars represent freedom. So we can't have that. So our infrastructure is, you guys are at 70 days out, which is actually about 50 days out. And if you want to know the truth, when they said 70, they actually meant 30 days mm. out of wheat. Okay, and that was about three weeks ago. So we're about a week out of running out of wheat. Okay, that's just that's what I've heard. All right. But, you know, let me uh, give a glimmer of hope, everybody. Um, If this is all happening, what does this mean? Then that means the semi tribulation is about to start and we're about to leave. And of course, today is uh, June 14th. And I know a lot of us like to watch a Return of the King George's information. His pro- prophetic forecast caused for the rapture. And I've, I've been watching his videos going through it. And I tell you what, the guy really nails this stuff, man. <laughs> I, it makes sense. You know, it, just, it makes sense. If it doesn't happen, it's cool, George. We still love you. But <laughs> I hope you're right. But that was a great run. I love people that try to figure out when the rapture is. As long as it's good, as long as it's good, solid research, not somebody that looks at their plant arrangement in their front yards. Well, the flowers moved a little funny today. <laughs> the rapture's going to happen next Tuesday. You know, stuff like that. You know, I'm talking about real good, solid research, like what George did and what some other folks have done. 
Now, according to George's research, is actually the rapture resurrection. He actually came down to a time. You know, people you don't know the day and hour, but that's actually Jesus talking about the end of the age, the end mm-hmm. of the millennial reign. Exactly. He wasn't talking about the rapture resurrection. In fact, the rapture wasn't even it's still a mystery hidden God since the foundation of the war. So nothing about the rapture was being revealed to the apostles because the apostles are not getting raptured. Okay, the yeah. church gets raptured. Yeah, right. The verse before says, uh, heaven and earth pass away. Um, But of that day, no man knows the day or the hour. I mean, and and look at part of that is because you got a a thousand years reign. And then it says, and after that, Satan is loosed a little while for a little while to deceive the nations. It doesn't even Mm -hmm. specify an amount of time there. It just says after the thousand years, Satan is loosed. And so yeah. there is a thousand-year reign. Satan is loosed for a little while. We don't even know how long that period of time is. Yeah. But he's no. got to deceive all the nations, and the nations got to go up against Jerusalem, and that's when God says, that's enough. And then yeah. at the next next thing you know, heaven and earth are gone, and you're at the white throne. So of that day, no one knows. No one knows the day or the hour of that at that point. At yeah. this point. It's not the but rapture. But say that we, we will see the day approaching regarding um, our, 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 uh, okay, the rapture. Right. And according to Brother George, he actually has it down to a 517 in the morning. Now, I made that joke as a 517 Eastern, Central, Pacific, you know, it's always five o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> that song. But, uh, you know, okay, let's go off the fact that it's Jerusalem time. Okay, that's where I would say, all right, Jerusalem time. Yeah. All right. If, if it's Jerusalem time, if he's right, if it's Jerusalem time and it's 517, that would mean we will be raptured before the show is over. Because I'll be at 917 my time, Central, 1017 Eastern time. Okay. So just because they're eight hours ahead of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So something to think about. Then we, we always say, wouldn't it be cool? Well, it would be cool. Rapture during the show. And then this show goes forth <laughs> as a testimony. Or like, mm-hmm. like you yeah, know, awesome. the aliens removed all these people, but they removed these Christians, and yeah. they're definitely Christian. They're speaking truth now; they're gone. Okay, and it happened live on the show. People be watching, watch them disappear. You know, you can't do that live on a Zoom meeting. How they do that? Why? <laughs> well, and, and then it kind of lines up everything else. But you know, it's something to think about too. You know, they're going to try to the aliens are going to say, "Hey, you know what? We did the rapture. We took away everybody." <laughs> My my question is to all of them is, if you're going to try to claim the rapture of the rapture of the people, removing the people that were not in the same mindset as everybody else, right. why did you raise the dead? Yeah, because they're already gone. Why did you raise the dead for aliens? Well, we don't know. <laughs> they're, dead. they're not a problem. Why did you raise from the dead? Right. Whoa, they weren't hurting anybody. Yeah, <laughs> you raised the dead, and the and the resurrection is going to be a far bigger event. Then the rapture, the resurrection is going to be huge. It's going to be billions of people, yeah. graves exploding. Who knows? But then we who are alive and remain are caught up. You know, I think it's probably only about what 400 million, 500 million people maybe removed. You know, so something a very, very extremely interesting time that we are in right now. So, Brother George, my hat's off to you. Great work. If it doesn't happen, hey, it's okay. We are in the Bible talks about, uh, or the Bible. Bible says the bridegroom was delayed. 
Okay, so we have a time, we have a date, but he was delayed. And maybe that would be, the next step would be midnight Jerusalem time, which will put us around 4 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern, okay, tomorrow. All right, so that could be the case, you know. Or we're looking, you know, there's so many ways it can go. I heard somebody say June 21st, that's seven days from now, or six days from now, six, seven days, so probably 22nd. That will line up with uh, Noah going in the ark for seven days. You know, a bunch of ways this can go. But I think it's just a really exciting time. Really oh, exciting. I got, a, I got a dentist appointment on the 21st, so that, that, that'd be that'd be fun. <laughs> that yeah. was before the dentist appointment. Sure, that'd be great. I don't need to get the tooth, the tooth fixed. That'd be awesome. You know, that's like 1300 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Save me some some pain and some uh, some money. So yeah, that sounds cool to me. Michael, what yeah. do you have that you could uh, escape from today? Oh, to escape from? Yeah, what what do you have? Something that coming up that you could escape from? The heat. So hot. I mean, I'm just not used to this kind of temperatures anymore, you know. And the the climate almost seems to be changing around here. It's it's becoming more tropical. It's it's weird. It's very humid for Indiana, and um, I don't like humidity at all. It it kills me. (laughs) And especially since I do a lot of contracting work now, ever since I left the IT industry, so. It's when you work outside in this kind of heat, it, it's killer. It's not fun at all. I'm always praying, like God, just in case I don't make it home today. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be you. funny? If, wouldn't that be funny if you're right across the street from Bob Barber? I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. It does kind of feel like summer's come early this year, though. I mean, it is just it's hot. It's hot in a lot of places already. Oh um, yeah. I mean, it's been yeah, hot here for a while, uh, for like weeks and weeks already, and. Uh, it's just like it barely goes below. I mean, even at night, it just it's like 70, 77 is like the low of the day. I mean, that's that's pretty hot. Yeah. I mean, it's you you wake up and you get you get up, and you go outside, and you're like, whoa, it's 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 already you know eighty five, yeah. and you're just like, mm-hmm. it's, this should be the high of the day, but no, you've got uh, twenty more degrees to go, buddy. So it's <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. pretty hot. Hey, I have something Definitely. interesting to show you guys. You see this right here? I probably can see it on my phone here. Yeah. This is a picture, a snapshot I took from Altcoin Daily. I watch it for cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. It says here, the Fed is about to crash Bitcoin again. June <laughs> 15th warning. Wow. Yeah. June 15th, they're going to crash it. Let's say it's true. They crash it June 15th. Wow. You know, or is it just going to be all hands on, all hands on deck? God's just going to let this whole thing just drop the whole thing's everything's just going to collapse on the fifth. I mean, it's already really low. I mean, yeah. it's, just, just this last week, I think it's gone down like thirty or forty percent just in one week. I think just a, yeah. what was it yesterday or two days ago? It went down twenty five percent in one day. Yeah, it dropped mean, five thousand points yesterday. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, uh, and they're going to crash even further tomorrow. I mean. Yes. I mean, it looks like the debt market is in trouble now, too. Uh, the, you got the yeah. something about the 10-year yield uh, rising uh, uncontrollably. Uh, yes. So that's also an indicator that, uh, you know, something big could potentially happen. But, of course, the Fed has a, a meeting tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, we don't know what they're going to say or how they're going to try to 
counteract the stuff that's going on if they are going to do that, but maybe they will, maybe they won't. But either way, we know that uh, they have their backs up against the wall right now. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I, they really have their backs <laughs> they, up against They were the wall. just pr- printing a whole bunch of money, weren't they? Yeah. And then they, they realized, oh, yeah. maybe that causes inflation, you think? And it's like now they got to go to their quantitative tightening. Uh, and, and basically, they're like I said, I think I might have said this last week, their plan is to just to basically raise employment, raise the employment number so that people are more people are unemployed. Uh, I guess raise the unemployment number is what they're going to do. Raise their employment number so more people are unemployed and so they have less money to, to, to spend. And then raise interest rates so that people have to pay more on their loans and stuff like that so they have less money. So they're t- so they're like they basically want to just push down demand so that prices come down considering the other side of the de- supply demand curves and actually tackle supply. No, that's th- that's not their way. The way that this administration thinks and the people think are like let's push people down, let's mm-hmm. get them down to so that they can't afford anything and don't and, and can't do anything. That'll drive down prices. Uh, while the, the, the elites, they have, you know, they don't care about any of that stuff. You think the elites who, who guy who's got, you know, a mil, makes uh you know, $700,000 a year cares anything about whether or not gas is $2 a gallon or $5 a gallon. Oh, come on. No You'd have yeah. to go up to like $190 or $200 a gallon for them to even go, Oh, wait a minute here. The, 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 mm-hmm. You know, I can't furnish, uh, get a new whatever for my house in the Hamptons or something. I mean, listen, these people, these people don't care. The, mm-hmm. So all they really care about is uh, is pushing things down so that the demand goes down. But they don't talk about anything about the supply. And almost everything, every cost of almost anything relates back to energy. Let's be honest, yeah. Bob, you were talking about that last week, about diesel prices and prices like that. Like every time, you know, the price of diesel gas goes up, the next thing you know, the the, the, the item on the shelf gets more expensive yeah. or it shrinks right. or something, well, you know, keeps the same price and shrinks. But I mean, but that's it's all related to the energy and they don't want to do a darn thing about actually making the supply of energy any easier or any or any more. They, they, so yeah. so they, they have their they have their ideology. And of course. Uh, Michael, they're going to use, um, you know, global warming or climate change or whatever. I mean, oh, every yeah. crisis is basically going to be used in order to forward their agenda. I mean, they took COVID and they did that. Let's be honest. I mean, they're trying oh, to wrap, yeah. the, wrap part of the new, you know, the Green New Deal and in, in, into those things. And actually, some of the money that was uh, slated to go for COVID, right, went to Green New Deal initiatives. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're, they're never going to let a crisis go to waste, are they? No, <laughs> definitely not. They're creating like this perfect storm of events. These so highly volatile that at any moment, it seems like how everything's so interconnected. People think of gas and stuff and they don't realize, like you're saying, the supply chains and the demand, the consumer, the overhead for the companies. They don't realize these are so interwoven and connected that just drive the gas prices driving up. It's going to crush businesses. And the only ones that are going to be remaining are going to be your huge box corporations like Walmart, Kroger and Target, which kind of starts to remind me of how it is reigning in communist countries, you know, and it's mm-hmm. very interesting how it's heading that direction. But, you know, going back to how everything has been very bad and people don't want to talk about bad things, but I find it, 
very helpful, actually, because just like the plagues that came through Egypt, you know, it, it wasn't just for Pharaoh, but it was to prepare the hearts and the mind of God's people to leave the land. I mean, they, you know, before Moses came and made it worse based off of God's command, you know, they may not have wanted to leave. They may have been happy and comfortable. So it's almost like multifaceted what's going on and what how the reasons why I believe God's allowing things to get to this point is because it's helping prepare us as believers to want to disengage from the world and the conventional norms, as you will, and to be ready for his coming and the blessed hope. Because before all Amen. this stuff happened, think about how many people didn't want to leave. You know, they're like, well, I just bought this house or, you know, I just... May number one in the country club, <laughs> you know, they, they weren't brought to that point of desperation. Like I, I am looking for that blessed hope every day now, because that's truly all that I think there, that there's no other hope in this world. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's in the darker it grows, the light, the brighter, the light shines, you know, the, the, we can take the gospel out and to help oh, people. Amen. Through the power of God, of course, you know, and so whenever there's that immense, gross darkness, that light will just, it just gets so bright, you know, and it becomes so evident for those around us because they're like, you know, the whole world's coming apart at the seams. What's wrong with you? And then we can be like, yes, you know, thank you, Jesus. And then we can use this opportunity that the Lord gives us during these final moments because you know when the children of israel left it wasn't just them you know it was a mixed multitude other people came out with them so Mm -hmm. i think it's so awesome to always remember the typologies through scriptures how the lord shows us these things to make it encouraging for us you know because if we didn't have this blessed hope we didn't have this rapture like an exodus coming you know this would be very grim (laughs) because we can see the writing on the wall you know and um, we, we we just it would be very very disheartening to least to say you know that truck driver made a great point you know we're heading into a summer of chaos okay i've seen a lot of that it's summer of chaos so even the even uh biden biden administration even called for now they're going to be uh Supposed of protesting because of Roe versus Wade uh, goes back to the states if the uh, Supreme Court overturns it. There's going to be rioting everywhere. I was like, well, that's all organized and engineered by the Biden administration, the globalists. They're going to basically there's going to be just warring factions everywhere, all over the country, all stage BLM BLM style. Okay, we know it's not people actually protesting. These are just people that are in position all around the world. So something to think about here. The summer of chaos is upon us, okay? Now, if you think about everything happening right now, you have the oil shortages, you have the food shortages, the, the our supply chain's in trouble, so people are not getting food now. Uh, you got some asteroids heading overhead that might be causing some trouble now. And there might be some impacts, who knows, over the next week or two. Didn't you, you say have, that was uh, like over the, like the size of the moon or something? Yeah, it's about this the size asteroid? of the moon passing by right wow size of the moon and you have all that and all the all the stuff that kevin was talking about the complete conglomerate of everything they've been doing to try to push everybody on earth to a to the threshold of hell okay everything that they've been doing and now they're calling for a summer of chaos because of all this stuff makes you think you know the rapture resurrection if, if it would happen now that would be a great trigger point to mm. 
shoved this over the top, man, to just push mm-hmm. it over the cliff, man. Because, I mean, it's bad, but it could be extremely bad if that was to happen. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, do they know something is coming? Okay. If they're calling for all this stuff, you know, everything they've done so far, there's no coming back from it. Mm-hmm. We cannot come back. Even if we can get somebody into that, into the white house, into the Capitol that could do things for us, you know, it'll take years to come back from it. And we have a global community that does not want to see us do that. Right. So how are we going to come back from that, Kevin? And a bunch of people pulling the strings from behind of those people that are, they're trying to get out. Right. So I, Bob, I heard the word, when was the last time that you heard a president say the word revolution, that there's going to be a revolution? I thought that that it was probably George Washington before he was president. He talked about the revolution. I don't remember a president ever saying that if something happens, there's going to be a revolution. And that, that happened just this last week when yeah. when the, when the president was on with Jimmy Kimmel talking about the Roe v. Wade and yep. saying that if that happens, there's going to be a, I believe he said, mini revolution. So, yep. I mean, Bob, you're, you're, you're right when you say that it could get so much worse because when a president talks about a mini revolution, that is, uh, I mean, those are strong words, let's be honest. I mean, I don't think that I've, I've ever seen a mini revolution in my life, uh, mm-hmm. lifetime. And uh, I, I mean, to me, when I think of mini revolution, I think of actual insurrectionists. I think of actual crimes that are being uh, taking place in a um, widespread fashion that's basically going against the, the 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 system that we have now and trying to basically overturn it. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, when you have people that are that are going over to the Supreme Court members' houses and, and to kill them, I mean, what is is isn't that part of a revolution? I mean, Bob, isn't that like how you would do a revolution? You would start assassinating the people at the top of power, and you'd start like uh, you know, tr- basically and trying to intimidate them, and to, to basically do the mob will. Isn't that really kind of what what a revolution kind of is? Yeah, and think about what Biden's doing. We have Biden going to Jerusalem here shortly to try to divide the land between the Jews and Palestinians. So do you think that could be a beautiful catalyst to set things off here in America? I mean, the the timing, so perfect. I mean, we can see this day approaching. It's it's actually becoming comical to me because it's almost like, you know, you ever had so many things go wrong in a single day, Joe? I was like, of course. Of course, you know, it always happens in threes. <laughs> you know, right. that's going to be one of those days, you know, and everything yeah. is, it gets, it gets the point. Things keep happening and it's bad. Yeah. You, it, you just, just start laughing. I'm like, come on, man. Just can't. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, if you look through, back through history, um, the times where we like uh, attempted to divide uh, Israel, basically withdraw our support for like Israel being a nation. Um, and having its its capital there in Jerusalem, and and uh, trying to basically divide the land. If you look back through history, like whenever that happened, there's something bad that happens to America. It's like it's ha- it's like you know, literally like over 50 times. You just just take a look, and there there's some websites that you can go take a look at that if you're more interested in it. But Bob, I wouldn't be surprised that that kind of al- aligned with um, with that because I have heard 
that they're talking about basically saying, well, Jerusalem is not, you know, the undivided capital of Israel. It will be a, a shared capital and this and that. And it's like, wow. I mean, that that is a big difference from what, you know, President Trump just said, you know, just a few years back, uh, you know, when he said, no, Jerusalem is, is, is Israel's capital or we're moving our embassy there. And it's like you can't have an embassy in the same city as another embassy for another one as their capital. It's just not there. So they're going to have some kind of consulate or something. It's like even that might be illegal. But, you know, it doesn't seem like illegal really matters much to this administration of whether or not it's illegal. They are, they've already done things that they knew that they were, were illegal. The Supreme Court said you cannot do this. And they went ahead and did it anyway just so that they could have it done for like, you know, their way for like a month until the Supreme Court said, stop, stop doing this. I mean, it's just law, you know, blatant lawlessness. And um, yeah. it's, it's hard, hard to imagine that, that we're seeing it, but Bob, we are seeing it every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Why? Because the tribulation is about to begin. Yeah. That's why and it's not going to happen seven years from now. I mean, no, you can't sustain this much lawlessness. I mean, how bad can it get? You saw how bad it got over the last two years. How bad? It kept on rolling over, interest compounding interest like that. Can you mm. imagine how bad it would be in seven years? Mm. We, yeah, really. Yeah, what's the, what's the debt, what's the debt going to look like when you remove like seven, 60% of your tax base, of your taxpayers? <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on. That, that I mean, does not sound good. <laughs> it does not sound good, does it? No, it doesn't, Sid. No, I'm not worried about the taxpayer money. <clears throat> it's the people that actually go to work because the money they can. Oh well, yeah, you can't, you can't I mean, reduce. You can't. The reduce entire the economy is going to slow down, isn't it? it won't even well, how about, about the whole these blackouts? Yeah, we got these blackouts yeah. coming. They're all engineered. They're all planned. And basically, I, mm-hmm. basically what I believe what they're doing is getting everybody used to the idea: Hey, we're low on energy. Start conserving your energy. Okay. Um, for example, remember remember how we used to have like a analog signal. And they went from full digital about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that was because they wanted to put the smart meters in everybody's yeah. home Shut so they can track your energy. So when this, when, when they start doing these blackouts, they want everybody to get used to being in the dark, being used to conserving, mm-hmm. get to start, start thinking that way. So when the new world order takes over or as they begin to take over, um, they're going to start saying, okay, you can only use your washing machine during peak, this off hours or peak hours or whatever. And those uh, smart meters will be able to determine when you used uh, your washing machine or your coffee maker or anything. And if you break the rules, one, they can shut it off, shut your power off, or two, completely shut your power off. Right. Or three, they can say, you know what, um, we, we see what you posted on social media, and it's going to be tied to your social credit score, too. Yeah. Oh, you're a Christian. Shut it off. Shut it off. You, know. you know, Bob, the, the, you know what this is? The, the, and what this is, once again, tackling one side of the supply demand. They're basically saying, lower your demand. It's like, yeah. let's no talk about, hey, let's meet the demand with more supply and let's build some things in order to, to, to you know, get more power. No, it's like. We're going to only tackle demand. Like, you're going to get blackouts. You're going to get shut down, conserved, stop using, blah, blah, blah. It's like they're always the one side, and it's always the demand, and it's always do less, basically. Get less demand. And how do you do that? By pushing people down, by taking away their liberty and freedoms. Like, oh, wait a minute, so I can't have my air conditioning on anymore? Correct, sir, you cannot, because you're using too much. Too much. 
Is there such thing as too much in your mind? Too much as any is is like don't use it at all. Otherwise, you're raising the temperature of the earth and save the planet. And it's just like <laughs> you know, uh, come on, come on, man. I mean, this is like you know, what about giving you know what about putting out more energy so that I can consume it? I'm more than willing to pay for it, no problem. But you're not willing to actually make the power. You just want me to turn off the power. And they, right. they always, they constantly are doing that, aren't they, Bob? They're just focused on the demand rather than the supply. Well, I've seen a study where, you know what? I've seen a study where they said, the analysts said, we have enough oil to last us billions of years. Oh, yeah. We have all kinds of oil. God created this planet with enough resources to take care of his creation on this planet. But they don't want us using it, okay? So, but the thing is, that the, the planet itself has billions of years and there's and with all of our new technology and be able to burn oil and use this oil more efficiently it's even trillions of years now okay and the thing is when the foliage dies the foliage around the world when it dies it goes into the ground what happens it turns into more oil so by the time you use the oil that we've already have in the earth it's already been replaced it's it's an infinite amount and there's nothing we could do on this planet to burn enough oil okay there's we would have to put a, an oil refinery on every square foot on this whole planet. Do you and remember we still a term? Won't be able to burn that oil. Exactly. Do you remember a term peak oil? Do you remember that term? It was it was used a lot back in the eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and they said peak oil, which is basically that the, the the graph was going up about how much oil the world whole produces, and that there was going to be a peak. And then after that, it was never going to be able to recover, and it was going to go down and down and down to about zero. Well, peak oil continued, the, the year for that continued to move, you know, farther out, basically. It kept on moving and moving and moving. And at, at one point, it was in the 70s, and it moved to the 80s, and then, and then it was 2000, and then it was you know, 2012, and then it was, you know, and now I think peak oil is set to like 2030-something. Uh, you know, so you, so that, that goes along with what you're saying, Bob, which is these people have underestimated uh, how much oil there actually is out there, how it can be made, and, uh, and for their technological advances and so forth. And so they keep on moving it. But it's a fear factor, isn't it? It's like once yeah. again, it's like supply is going to run out, so you're going to have to you're going to have to uh, you know modify your demand for it, and then yeah. they do it you know 20 years in advance and say, well, we better start cutting down now in order to push out that date even further. But the fact is, is that oil production kept on going higher and higher, and it wasn't yeah. about people using less; it was about that we were able to produce more. But like you said, Bob, they don't want to do that. That is not yeah. their goal. They, they, they could, it's like, you see all these headlines every day. How can the Biden administration fix inflation and gas prices? It's like, no, it's, that's, that's not the question. They know how to do it. They, mm-hmm. they, they you know, will Biden do it? That, that's not even a question either, because you know the answer is no. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to, so, so you've noticed what they've said lately, Bob, and that is, they said, we're in a transitionary period from fossil fuels to green energy, and it's going to hurt. There's going to be pains. That's all, that sounds like like birth pangs to me. Yeah. We're, we're in a transition yeah. period to abject poverty. That's what we're going into. Yeah. It's like they can uh, they control the, the scarcity, right, to, to 
to drive demand and price as yeah. a perceived notion so they can control this narrative that's right. really leading us to this point that we're at. And that's why the peak oil kept changing. It's just like every other thing out there. And it, they keep doing it because they're they're tweaking their agenda. They're driving a narrative, bringing us to this ultimate point, which I believe is a new world order beast system that's going to be taken over, but they have to bring this system down first. But I think the enemy knows the times we're in. I mean, they've been around far longer than we have been, and they've been able to read it. Granted, they don't have the guidance of the Holy Spirit, which is something people forget to mention. So, but we're all at this, this crux point, right? This, this flexing point where it's got to pop, you know, the Lord's not going to bring it this far and then just stop the, the conception, right? So it's going to come forth and we can see how this is all being brought about. But it's so sad because like I, I remember reading an article about how all the diamonds that come out of Africa, how they actually destroyed the diamonds, a good portion of them, to increase their value. And I was like, that's crazy. That's craziness. Why would they do that? And it, I mean, I understand it, but it's it to me, it's just wickedness. I mean, people just want money. They want to control. They want the power. And I think obviously this is what it's coming down to because all these policies and practices and executive orders, nothing's making sense anymore. And most people I've talked to, even non-believers are like, yeah, something, something's got it. Something's whacked out going on. And it's sad because they, they feel they feel what's happening. They may not understand it and discern it spiritually like the Lord has been able to bless us through his yeah. spirit to know the times and the seasons. But they can feel something, too. And I think that's also what's in, that's causing all these increase in violence that's going on around us is because there's this this tension that's across the United States and the world, really. And it's getting to that point now to where, wow, it's it's got to pop. And I, I keep thinking about june you know and what month it is and how it's being celebrated nationally right now and uh, that a pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before mm -hmm. fall so it's very interesting the times mm -hmm. we live in are truly unique for mm -hmm. sure yeah that's all that yellowstone that's very interesting i i can't make i don't i'm not getting anything about that right now but i think it's very interesting that's happening right now i mean it's just uh I don't know. I don't know, guys. Summer chaos. It's. Uh, I don't think. Uh, and then we have this eleventh cycle coming in September. Okay, and now they're. Uh, I seen. I seen some things now where uh, Russia. I saw a headline about Russia and Israel about Damascus now. Mm -hmm. Remember that? that, guys. See that? Uh, something about uh, Damascus now. And some Damascus coming in the news now. And I know mm -hmm. that we talked about that last week, Kevin. Where. Uh, you know, Damascus, you know, can it be, will Damascus be destroyed while we're still here? Mm. I think it will mm. because Damascus is like, a, like I said, my wife, my mother-in-law, you know, they're not as uh, fluent as I am in the word, okay, in Bible prophecy. But everybody understands Damascus. When Damascus gets destroyed, that is a milestone of when the tribulation begins. Mm. Okay, they, they get that because it's the oldest city on the planet. And the Bible says that's what happens. Okay, so when that gets destroyed, it's going to be all over the news. And that's probably when we can say, hey, look, look, <laughs> look at that. You know, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's a, you know, a lot of people know about uh, the prophecy of Damascus being destroyed, um, even those who don't really know the Bible very well, but they kind of do know about that one for some reason. Um, and uh, that, that's a big event. I mean, we haven't really had a city completely destroyed um, in quite a while. Um, and I would think that, you know, that one being, you know, like you said, people know that as the, like the, the city that's been inhabited the longest of any city currently on earth um, to have that one destroyed is a, is a, is a big deal that would make news for sure. Um, so yeah, it's very, it's, it's very possible that, that, uh, you know, we could be around to see that. Um, and like I said earlier, Bob, I mean, anything that's going on with Damascus right now, Russia is immediately like condemning Israel every day. It seems like, so, I mean, with Russia involved in the mix there, it's um, it just leads you kind of naturally, I think, into the Ezekiel 38 war and um, and, and kind of put those two and two th- together. Because whenever you've got Russia, like, talking bad about Israel, I think immediately you start thinking about e- Ezekiel 38. I don't know if, if that's just me or if you guys do too, but that it's just like, because that's really the, the, the place that where I, I see Russia being involved with trying to attack Israel. And it's interesting because, you know, they God intervenes, right? And it's not like Israel is able to defend itself by itself and shoot them down and stuff. But, in fact, God intervenes and he says, uh, so that people will know that these are my people, Israel. And to, to me, that's a very 70th week thing to do, a very 70th week thing to say. It's like um, and it just feels like when that ha- when that happens that we are either on our way out very quickly or already gone. So um, mm-hmm. if that's the case, and Damascus maybe leads up to that, then that would be before, which means that we absolutely still could be here for that and see that. And if that happened, that would be a big witnessing opportunity for us, wouldn't it? To huge, say, look, huge witnessing look. opportunity. <laughs> The Bible is is true. I mean, it, it talked about this thousands of years ago, um, and now you've seen it right here in front of your eyes. It's come to pass, and that's not the only thing that the Bible has predicted that's true. Look at all these other things. It also predicted that a, a Messiah was going to come, and that he was going to die for them, and that he was going to die for all the people. And then uh, the people that read those passages at that time, they didn't like that too much. And the people that read those passages today that are in the Jewish religion, they don't like that passage much. So you know what they do? They don't read Isaiah 53. They don't. They never read it. Yeah. They, they they skip over it, and they, don't, they tell people, don't read that. Well, hold on a second here. That's actually part of prophecy, and it says that mm-hmm. he's going to be, you know, he's he was, uh, you know, wounded for our transgressions, right? I mean, he is by his stripes. We are healed. I mean, they don't like that. They wanted a conquering Messiah to come in. They're still waiting for that conquering Messiah to come. But I'm telling you that that Christ had to die and had to take on the sin of the world. Otherwise, there's no there's no possible way to dwell with God. I mean, there's all there's only one sacrifice that could have been made, made by a sinless sinless man and uh, who's who's fully man, fully God. I mean, there's no way that a man like you and I could be born into this world and be sinless. You know, there's just, it's impossible. So Christ had to be sent 
by God in order to, uh, to, to redeem mankind. So he did. And, that, and, and there were so many prophecies that had to be fulfilled exactly in order for him to prove that he was the Christ. I mean, just leaving t- little tiny things like he had to be born in Bethlehem. I mean, Bethlehem wasn't a big city, okay? It's still not that big of a city comparatively. But uh, in order to be be born in Bethlehem and actually have this perfect lineage like he had, and that was proven, and it was written down and kept records, you you can't even have that today. You don't even have those records anymore. So, I mean, all those prophecies that were fulfilled, even down to, like, they're going to cast lots for for his his garment, right? I mean, just even a thing like that. All those things put together, I mean, the mathematical equation in order to put all those things together and, and, and try to make it a coincidence, it's actually mathematically impossible that it was a coincidence. The number so high, probability of one and, you know, one with a hundred zeros after it is just like, no, that's, that's like death of the universe probability. It's not, it's impossible, basically. So it, it was all designed. So something like that, Bob, to get Damascus uh, destroyed right in front of him, that is yet another witnessing opportunity to say, look, this book has truth in it. This book actually foretells the future, and here's actually what's coming next, and this is how you can escape that. This is how you can be saved from this ultimate demise, which this world is going to go down into, into deception, and then ultimately where uh, anyone who doesn't believe is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. And you do not want to be part of that. That is called the second death. You don't want to be a part of that. You want to be raised up. You want to be resurrected in the first resurrection. And that's when you get a glorified body and live forever with the Lord and sinless. I mean, that sounds like that sounds like a good deal to me. And all you got to do in order to receive that, it's a gift. It's a free gift. You just need to believe on the Lord and Savior Jesus yeah. Christ. And you, and you give uh, you know you give him and say that's it you know my sins thank you for dying for me thank you and and I, I accept your gift I accept your gift Lord and then once you do that guess what you get you uh, you get eternal life and that's when the work actually starts to, to begin for you because that's when the Holy Spirit come inside of you and change you and and you can you look and see what people are like in this world without the Holy Spirit. And then you see the ones that have the Holy Spirit, and there's a big difference there. And uh, it's not about like the works you're able to do in order to achieve salvation. That that'll never get you there. And that's what the Bible says: that no matter how many good things you do, that's not gonna that is that is not gonna guarantee your salvation. The only one thing that can is if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Then after that, you start doing good works. And then you can receive rewards because you are saved. You get to you get to receive rewards, and those are amazing things. But here's the gospel. I mean, the gospel is that uh, you know uh, Paul went out and he preached and said, uh, you know, the gospel of the Lord is uh, the gospel is that the Lord um, came and He died for us, and then He rose again. He's also coming back in judgment too. And uh, the judgment for a believer is a lot different than a judgment for a non-believer, isn't it? The, the, the wages of, of sin is death. But, um, but those who believe in Christ and they, they, they are able to, uh, he, he washed away that sin uh, on the cross. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. you know, it's not, and it's not in vain. It's not in vain that he did that. It's not in vain that he died and rose again 
because the fact is there are billions of people throughout history, as Bob said, who believed when they, when they were alive, they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they are going to be resurrected, and they are going to receive their glorified bodies as well. Amen. There you go. That's my preaching That's for the awesome. night, guys. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, um, you know uh, John, I talked to John Boucher today, and he's had some, he had some things to say about that dream we had. Remember we talked about that last week, the 8711, and you know, Joe was talking about what those numbers meant and all that stuff, you know. And how I saw that after we got, I got raptured up to heaven. I don't know if you saw that or not there, Michael. But, uh, <laughs> after my, after we got raptured to heaven, I was given a card at, by this woman at a, like a concierge desk. And they said, this is your room number that you go to your home, eternal home, 8711111, which just kept on going. And it turned out, like, Brother Joe pulled up that 871 stood for place after death, where you go after death. So that's what it that's stood awesome. for. Stood for the 10 days of darkness, three days of darkness, nuclear holocaust, all kinds of stuff. And then and John here chimed in about his study on what those numbers were. And he brought up the fact that, uh, remember how Trump was calling 911 711? Kept the call 7 But that's what the number was 8711. Okay, 871111. Yeah. That's what I saw in my dream. So this could could this be representation of the way I take away from it is we're caught up to heaven, the rapture's done, and then the summer chaos breaks out. The seven eleven breaks out. You have a nine eleven across the whole world. But mm-hmm. I guess Trump here is talking in code. Maybe there's something about that. I don't know. And also, you know, the seventh month is uh the seventh month in Nissan is a month of Feast of Trumpets, Tishri. Okay, mm-hmm. we have that as well. And um I think that was, I think that was just about it. He said something about eight plus seven plus one one equals twenty six, and I'm gonna read this whole thing right now. But um, I don't know what you guys thought about that. I thought that was very. Uh, oh yeah, it says twenty six is the value of God's name. Eight 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 is of course Jesus' value in the Greek. So it said, brother Bob, your eight seven one one stop, and it just it, it's a it's a very significant number. So I was reading yeah. here from his email. So. I, you know, I love dreams. Uh, I know uh, there, Michael, you and Joe were having dreams. Did you guys have dreams about numbers that might be, you know? Yeah, actually, I have. Um, I had a reoccurring, not the dream itself, but a recurring number and a theme throughout my dreams. And um, I had this dream once where it's really interesting. And I was in a hotel and every, it looked like a circus, though. Like there was like clowns and just strange looking people. And we were in there and I was getting ready to unpack my things. And my wife, and my daughter were there. And I was like, no, I was like, we are not staying here. I was like, I seen the way these people looked. I was like, I don't care what's going to happen, but we are getting out of this hotel. So I, she's like, but we already paid. I was like, I don't care. So I threw everything in the suitcases, you know, it was all jumbled up. And we went down to the, uh, to the, the front desk and it was really amazing because there was this guy there that kind of reminded me of like the, the circus leader or ringleader, if you will. I'm not sure exactly their names, but uh, he was there and he's like, Oh no, 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 you can't leave. You can't leave this hotel. And I took five ones and I one by one, I put it on the table and I slid it toward him. And I was like, you can take this and I'm leaving. So I left the hotel 
and um, I was walking, and I couldn't see how to get out of the parking lot. Well, I stepped into this kind of like a hedge maze, and my family was behind me, and I had this light, and I turned it on. And in front of me, I seen all these wolves, and they were like, like mm. gnarling, you know. And I woke up, and um, I was, and my wife had bought me this daily devotional, and it talked about it was like a male gear towards male daily devotional. And I was reading it, and it talked about how the husband is to help lead and guide and be like a light. And I was like, well, that's really weird because of the light. But the thing that kept hitting me was the five $1 bills. Very specific. You know how I laid them out and I pushed it forward. Well, I was going to Google, and I just typed in five. And you know how it auto-populates options. I've never searched mm-hmm. for just five before. But it, it said the five wounds of the Lord. And I looked into it, and lo and behold, after a lot of research, five was the number of redemption. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus, you know, because Mm – and I kept noticing it. And then later on, well, before I found this out, I kept having dreams where I was – I was after that dream, I had a wallet, and it was filled with $5 bills. And then I would be talking to people, and I'm like, here, take this five, take this five, take this five. And I was like, I always wondered what it was. But once I realized that five was the number of redemption, it made so much sense because the final dream I had, my parents were in. And it it was one of those dreams I woke up, like, sad, happy, crying, everything. It was so intense. And uh, my parents were there, and there it was my birthday. And they handed me this gift card. And it was for five bucks. And in my dream, I was like, this is all you think of me? You know, I was so upset and so angry. I took it and I tore it in half and I just threw it in the trash can. And um, as I was walking, I felt this sorrow come over me. And I was like, wow. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I, re- I really want that. You know, <laughs> I want that. So I went back for it. But I thought it was too late. And um, it, the weird thing was it turned into this big silver coin. And I dropped it because it was in halves. And I could see it floating. It was almost like I could see it floating down this water. And it sunk to the bottom. And it hit there. And I was just so distraught. I was crying and weeping. Like, oh, I just blew it, you know. And then all of a sudden I looked back and it had rejoined back together and it had a big five on top of the silver coin and it was floating on top of the water. And I was like, wait, metal doesn't float. (laughs) And I reached into the water and I grabbed it and I just held it to my chest. And I was just suddenly I was just overtooken with just laughter and happiness and I could not stop laughing. And I was just so excited. I was like, Oh, this is the best thing ever. And, um, Throughout scripture, I eventually came across first that five was the number of redemption and also that silver is a picture of redemption and blood, right? And I was like, man, you can't make this stuff up. You know, it's one thing when you have a dream and you've already had a foreknowledge of things and events or narrative or stories or information. But when you had no pre-existing knowledge and then the Lord leads you later on to understand exactly what it is. It's like, you had to be from God. It had to be from God. There is no way my mind could have formulated this dream into such a way, unless it was from God. He knows the end mm. from the beginning. He knew I would eventually, he would lead me through that, that process and finding out that, right. you know, 
you're redeemed, you know, and I was like, oh, that's so awesome. It just is so faith building when the Lord gives you those. Yeah. And silver. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's always, he always does it too when you're at some really lows, you know, and I, I, I just thank the Lord for that because, you know, there's been times in my, I wake up from a bad mental demonic warfare type dream and I'm, I'm in my spirits restless and, and I, I remember laying there one time and it's almost like I could feel it emanate up from within me, the words of the Lord and his, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And when I heard that in my spirit, it, I was just felt this peace just wash over me. And I was like, all right, the enemy may have wanted me to lose another night of sleep, but I'm going to roll over and sleep well tonight. And I had an <laughs> awesome rapture dream too, right after that. I was nice. like, I was like, this is so cool, man. Oh, Having nice a relationship call. with the king of the universe. I mean, wow. I mean, well, he does all kinds greatest. of awesome stuff. What was the rapture dream, Mike? Well, I was standing at a house that I was staying at, and I seen my dad, and he was, and my wife, they were standing in the front yard looking at me. And my dad was really sad, and he's like, you know, I've made so many mistakes. And I was like, well, Puff, you don't have to be perfect. You know, it's what Jesus did. And it was so amazing. And I told him the same thing that the Lord told me, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And I looked up into the clouds and I seen the sky was like the red, a reddish color, like the sun was setting. And it was real fluffy clouds, just cotton candy clouds everywhere. But there was like hundreds and thousands of rainbows shooting in and out of the clouds as far as I could see. Mm. And um, I looked up and I seen all of it. And I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And immediately after I seen that, I just shot up into the clouds, just like like a missile. And I woke up and I was you know, when you have those dreams, you wake up, you're just so revitalized. You're like, yeah, you just feel like I can go take on the world. <laughs> you know? I have so to wake awesome. up everybody and tell them all. <laughs> <laughs> Wife, wake up. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I. Truth be told, I do wake my wife up when that's happening because I'm like, you got to hear that's this. Cool. This is crazy. But we do that to each other all the time. Like, you'll that's never right. believe this dream I just had. See, you it's know, interesting. Um, Let me clear up, Bob. The, the money situation with the five uh, singles, Mike, you you had mentioned that the um, each of the, the – it represented the wounds. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, you may have made this connection already, but the first thing that came to my mind was that the money represented debt that's paid for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you were paying, you being that you're in Christ, yeah. you you paid this guy and said, no, you can't keep me in this hell hotel. Yeah. My sins already paid for, the wounds and the debt are all taken care of. Yeah. And you beat it out of there. Oh, yeah. It was, man, it was <clears throat> so awesome when that revelation came because it didn't come immediately. You know, it wasn't until later on. But looking back at those dreams, I'm like, wow, there's been so many dreams that I've had that I just kind of keep on the back burner. And I just wait on the Lord to tell me, hey, this is what it meant. And every time that happens, it just blows me away every single time. It's like, and, wow. And to add on to that, you're you're dealing with debt notes, right? All debt notes, yeah. right? And then you have actually something that's worth value, right? Because in, in scripture, uh, yeah. silver is known as something of, of great value um, yeah. and uh, truth. And so, yeah, it's it's really incredible, the, uh, yeah. the uh, symbolism behind that. Yeah, and it, was, it was definitely the, the coin, though, really hit home because 
it just showed me that how I lived, you know, I had no value for the Lord when I was growing up. I had no want for that. I went, I did what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. But then I would come and be like, whenever I got in trouble, Lord, please help me. (laughs) I've gotten in this binding. He was always faithful, you know, always faithful to deliver me from whatever situation I was in. And it's so amazing. The long suffering that the Lord shows us as a, as that, that pattern for not when we were lost, right. But for when we came to the faith to be like, Lord, you were always there. You were from the very beginning. Even when I wanted to go my own way, you were like right there leading me through my blunders, <laughs> bringing me out of them, showing me the right path, showing me the way that I try to tell people that, you know, when we're in the valley of the shadow of death, you know, he has a rod and a staff, you know, the rod for correcting you when you start <laughs> veering and then the staff to lead and guide the way. And, you know, that's what marks us now, right, as a knowing that we are sons of God, right? Because we are chastened, too, when we do the wrong. And the Lord brings us back under into the path that we're supposed to be on. And I just think that promise of God to keep us, you know, that he finished it. Because no matter what we could ever do, you know, without the Lord, we are a sinful, we have sinful flesh outward man. That's why and when everyone talks about faith plus works and stuff. I'm like, but your works are all coming through a sinful, dirty vessel. There's nothing that you can ever do because it's, it's, you know, a good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So the fruit we produce is through Jesus spiritually, right? When he's in, in us through the faith and like in Galatians, you know, and he's like, come on guys, we, we began through this in the spirit, through faith. What makes you think you're going to be justified by your flesh now? I mean, come on. Come on, <laughs> you know, I can always see that. No, that's true. I think a lot of people try to try to convince themselves that that uh, what they're doing is good enough to to go to heaven, right? Yeah, you got to yeah. be good in order to go to heaven. And it's like, if it, you know, even Jesus, well, why, why do you call me good? You know, it's like, you know, well, you are good. It's like, but you call everybody else good too. It's like, no, it's like. People are, are not, they're born into sin. And uh, mm-hmm. no matter how many works that you you do, that is not going to get you there. And I think that a lot of people, you know, it's funny because, like, I think throughout the 20th century, that became, like, the thing, which is, like, you know, if you do good, you'll go to heaven. It's like, what, whatever happened to the actual gospel? It's like, exactly. if you believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. then you'll go to heaven. You know, it's like that, yeah. that, that all of a sudden it became it got turned from that into works into, you know, once again, look at what I'm doing. Look look, look, look at how much I've done. And I think that, uh, you know, the Catholic church has a lot to do with that as well. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that every single person in the Catholic church that is, is like that. And and there are, are even some priests that aren't, that don't really focus on that. They focused on Jesus, but I mean, but for the most part, as a religion, they definitely focus a lot on works, don't they, Bob? Yeah, the problem. Apostle Paul said that there be those who are they, they they are god they are godly, but they deny the power thereof of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So they they yeah. they have a pro, profession of faith, but not the possession of faith, like Robert Breaker always said. Mm. They don't have the indwelling Holy Spirit that has to change them at the rapture resurrection from the inside out, according to Romans eight verses ten and eleven. Okay, that 
work has to be going on in you that the Bible talks about where that work will be continued until that day of the redemption, mm-hmm. Ephesians 4.30, okay? But uh, something, um, you know, something that's been um, got revealed to me today when I was on John Boucher's show, and I guess he's great revelation. The Lord says, wow. hey, go look at this verse when I talk about something. And remember how I told you guys last week where when the rapture resurrection happens, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 52, in a moment, the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound at the and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. OK, but it says there in a moment. Remember, we talked about that in a moment. So in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it's like it's so fast. You can't even time it. OK, to the rest of the world, but not to us. Mm. OK, and, and in the Bible, the Lord said, let me show you where I exercised that dynamic. Okay, and Jesus used this in a moment in the Bible. Okay, if you go to uh, John eight verse fifty nine, I'll show you. That's where that's where uh, Jesus used this power in a moment. The same thing that's going to happen to us. And basically, in the moment, I mean, time will freeze. It'd be like stop. Okay, mm. and everything will be frozen around you. It says, and then they took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself. And here it is. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by. They Sounds like super speed. speed. Yeah, he was walking at super speed that they couldn't see him but to them. But basically what happened is this is what, this what I take away from it. They're about, to, they're about to come at him. All of a sudden, they just stopped. And he stepped into a moment and just casually just walked right out. And right in the midst of them, they're all like frozen, and they he walked right out. He froze time, or he went into a super speed moment and walked out. That's what it says through the midst of them and passed by. He right. didn't go through a hole. He didn't no. shoot them. He walked right through them. Yeah. Okay. And then if you go to uh, Luke four verses twenty eight through thirty, it gets even better. So if you want to pull that up, this is even better. Okay. It says, and they all in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out. This is Jesus. They thrust him out of the city. They're thrusting him, pushing him. I mean, just pushing him out of the city. And led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. So they had him at a cliff. They right. were surrounding him. He was there at a cliff. He, he had nowhere to go. And the Bible says mm-hmm. in the next verse, but he, Jesus, passing through the midst of them, went his way. <laughs> he stepped into that moment in time. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye, Jesus disappeared and left. But to, to them, you know what they saw? He was there, gone. Um, Where'd he go? But, sounds sounds so simple, but I yeah. mean, it's like just that, that, that line right there sounds so simple, but. It's, he, it, they're about to push him over, and he walks through the midst of them. It's like, all right, and they're like, ah, they're and leaves them, and that happened within a moment, within a twinkle of an eye that took place, where he went into like a super speed outside of time when he was still in the midst <clears> of them. <throat> Read it right there. So can that be in the moment of twinkling of an eye, we go into that time frame? 
where er, yeah. all the chaos going on around the world, nuclear bombs going up, awesome. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there Explains another time? Wasn't there another time as well, Bob, where they they wanted to make him king, and didn't didn't he do the same thing? Didn't he 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 take yeah, off he in the midst of them basically then too? And he's just like you know, no, I'm not going to have any of that, and he's just gone. And yes. uh, so there yeah. were there's a few times where. He, he that, that's interesting that you put those two and two together and say, yeah. you know, in a moment, something can yeah. change so quickly. And, and can that be possibly another sign? Right. Because um, if you look at that scripture, that in a moment in the tinkling of an eye, the Greek Strong's G823, the word is atomos, where we get right. the word atomic from talking about how you were mentioning the nuclear bombs, right? So it's mm. actually very interesting. And if you know about an atom bomb, I'm not a nuclear physicist, you know, but it's the basic principles I understand is a splitting of an atom. But it mm-hmm. also talks about in a strong concordance about how it's indivisible. And I right. thought that was very interesting in the contrasting between an atomic bomb and then that word atomos in the Greek that strong G eight two three from that verse in uh first Corinthians fifty what is that fifty two and it's the only yeah. time that it's mentioned is in exactly. that, that particular inflection of the Greek is the only mention there. And I think that's very interesting. I was I've always thought about is this a cue also of the rapture that the uh, an atomic bomb? Because we yeah. have this nuclear narrative that's going on all the time. I remember Chuck Missler talking about this um and that was uh, he he was mentioning the Greek word for it, and that it's you know it's an indivisible amount of time, right? And so it's like scientists to these days have basically attempted to divide time, and they've got it down to like ten to the minus forty three uh, sec of a second, and that's that's basically you know a whole, like forty three zeros and a one, and it's like. Uh, the, that's that's like how many fractions of of time you can actually have, and when you consider that that small amount of time, that uh, Bob, that if in fact we have regular time, and everybody else is experiencing one, ten to the minus forty third of a second, we could do a lot during that period of time. Uh, you know, a lot of things can happen during that, that little tiny fraction, that indivisible fraction of a second. And Chuck Missler always mentioned like just how quick, how short of amount of time that actually is where everything is going to change. But it makes sense to, 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 to me now, even more so that you mentioned that, you know, we're going to be in a glorified state when we're changed and you can see how Jesus can, uh, can, can, can manipulate, that as well. Um, and it's, that's just amazing to me is that yeah. how, how, how much something can change in such a short period of time. And, and it shows also obviously his power and his control because he had complete control over the entire situation. Yeah. He was going to be on that cross at the time that he was supposed to be on right. the cross. That's it. it he had yeah. con- complete control over the time of his death. He did. He did. Yeah, because he would say, you know, it's not my time yet. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to go down there because it's not my time. And then he would and he says, well, you know, you, you uh, and then he, I'm, no, I'm not going to be king. I'm not the king of this world. Um, you know, this is not where my kingdom is. My my kingdom 
is not of this world, he says, you know. So, uh, you know, it's all, all those things he, he had control over. He wasn't, like, worried that, oh, they're going to throw me off this cliff right now and I'm going to die this way. He was just, he, he just says that he just left. <laughs> I mean, he was just like, you know, just gone. It's like, well, hey, let's make him king. And he's like, no, that's not what, that's not what this is all about. And he leaves. And it's not, it's not like he has to like persuade some, you know, and like, you know, try to, okay, let's debate about this or hold on a second. Don't throw me headlong off the click. I recant everything. I said, I want to live. I want to live. None of that, you know? So, uh, you know, some people try to make movies or write things and say that Jesus had no idea of what he was doing, you know, that he he had like, he, 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 he would, he was just all of a sudden thrust into this and he had no idea. And he was guessing along the way and making things up. No, absolutely not. I mean, he, he knew that he had a purpose mm-hmm. and that, uh, that he was he was there to to die for, for the sins of the world. In fact, his, his, his disciples at the time, they didn't un- they didn't understand it, it, The Bible mentions so many times that he, he would tell them something and it says that his, but the disciples didn't understand. They couldn't get it. They couldn't understand it because that, that's not what they were taught. They were not taught that a Messiah would come and, and be crucified and die. And yet, that is what the scripture said. He was gonna, that was, that's what he was going to do. He was going to put on a tree, right? And that's what he was. He was put on a tree for us. And so, right. it's just amazing that uh, you look back and, and, and know that our, our Savior had his wits about him every second of the day, didn't he? He knew exactly where he stood in time and in place and everything. And it's, that's, that's the Savior. That's the God that I, that I love. That's the God that I want to worship. You know, not the one that's going to pull the rug out from underneath you, Bob, and says, oh, you know what? Yeah, your gospel all of a sudden has changed. Or, uh, hey, you didn't do this right, so therefore I'm not going to give you my gift anymore. And then you got to worry about whether or not your salvation is secure every single day. That's not the kind of God that I want to worship. That's not the kind of God I want any part of. And so when you talk, when you hear these people saying, you're going to be careful, you're going to lose your salvation. I'm just like, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Well, they're not yeah. saved yet. If they believe they can lose it, they're not saved yet. They don't understand I, I, the gospel uh, yet. Yeah, you got to wonder, right? You got to wonder. It's like you know, it, it, if if your God is that small, where he he can go ahead and just change his mind and revoke his gift, uh, you know, no thanks. That's not that's not, that's not the kind of God I want to serve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about when Jesus was a um, <clears throat> a little boy, and everybody in his camp forgot that he was Jesus. For three days, he was missing. So as a little boy, he got his mother, his father, all the people that knew how important he was, including his mother, who knew that people were trying to kill him since he was a little boy. Mm-hmm. And then they find out three days later that he's out of the group and he was over in the temple teaching. Mm-hmm. That story tells you that he was controlling time even then as a youth. And he may have even transported himself to that temple faster than we understand. Because my understanding, and tell me if I'm wrong, Greg, is that they didn't know he was gone for three days. Right. Remember what his response was, too. He's like, what, I'm, what's, I'm doing what's, my father's business. I mean, he knew who, who his father was. Right. He, he, so so what, what happened here? 
They protected him. They knew that they knew who he was. But something supernatural happened where they all just forgot about Jesus for three days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't even know who he was when he when he came back. They, they didn't recognize him at first. Right. So there's more to this story than we're being told. There's something else going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where we're at. Hey, the cat. The cat is getting uh, restless. Whose cat is that? <laughs> it's my mom's, actually. <laughs> All right, yeah. come on. The cat has a cat's name. <laughs> oh, that's that's honey. <laughs> she right. snuck in the room. I'm not sure if he's seen the door open back there. She snuck in. That's a loud cat. That, that, that cat's either really hungry or is is uh, is meowing that the rapture is coming soon, or wants to be enough time. <laughs> One or the other. Um, <laughs> I love you said there, Kevin, about uh about the uh the end of, about when they start preaching a new gospel, God can't have us here. He can't we can't stay here and continue preaching a gospel that doesn't work anymore. We have to be removed and he completes that gift. The the, the, the the gift of salvation is complete at the rapture resurrection. You know, That's he true. builds the entire body of Christ, he puts everybody into that body as they're born. And all throughout the last 2,000 years, people are being born, and he's building that body of Christ spiritually. He's, he's, he's collecting all their spirits in heaven, okay? And uh, at, the end of the, at the end of that dispensation of grace, when the body's complete, he's like, okay, let's go ahead and get all you guys your eternal glorified bodies so you can exist with me in heaven for eternity, okay? Mm-hmm. What about those who are left on the earth? The, the age of grace is still in effect still. Well, we're going to rapture them. So we're going to all go back and get our bodies. Well, you guys are. Okay. And then we'll gather up the remain, the remnant after that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we're removed. Because God's not going to have us here preaching a, a, a gospel of grace if the eternal gospel is being preached. You know, somebody sent me a message, and Robert Breaker mentioned about you know, leaving our Bibles behind and go through the go through the Bible and, and underline all the salvation verses. Like, we well, can't do that. You can't go through the book of Philemon through uh, Romans through Philemon and underline those verses because those verses no longer apply. Okay, mm-hmm. the symbolism apply, but the verses themselves no longer apply. You have to go to uh, Revelation fourteen, underline those verses. Go to the, the four Gospels, underline those verses. Okay, because that gospel of grace is closed out, and so is everybody that has been saved under it, completely removed. Because if we're here preaching this gospel, it's going to create a lot of confusion. Yeah. Okay, we our work is done. Our work has to end here eventually. <laughs> okay, there's plenty of people here to preach the gospel of grace. You got the Revelation 14 angel, 144,000. You got the two witnesses. All right, you're going to have the tribulation saints doing it. A lot of workers are going to be here, and we can't be bumping heads with these guys. And God knows we can't be confusing everybody. We can't give people false hope. Saved by grace through faith. That's it. And that don't work no more. Okay. It's interesting, so- Bob. On your channel, you had there were some people that were posting um, stuff like, "Well, with the rapture can't happen because the gospel hasn't been preached to everybody in all nations and stuff like that." And so I I, I posted a comment and said, "Well, what a." Well, then if, if the gospel was preached to all nations and all people and everything like that, why would God need to send an angel in order to preach the everlasting gospel to all nations and mm-hmm. in their in their language? I mean, mm-hmm. 
listen, the, the gospel is going to be preached. Uh, the everlasting gospel is going to be preached, um, you know, not only by the two witnesses, 144,000, but God's going to send an angel and he's going to he's going to preach it to every single person on earth in their language so they can understand it. So there's going to be absolutely a fulfillment of that where it says that the gospel is preached to everybody. And uh, but certainly, certainly God ensures that happens with an angel. I mean, that doesn't have to happen prior to the rapture, uh, but it does happen ultimately. Um, so that's why for people to, who are waiting for that angel to show up in order to get raptured, um, I think that that's that's waiting a little too long. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, you think, who's that angel going to be? Who's, who's been tasked with that? Gabriel? Or will it be Jesus himself? Interesting. Interesting. Moses? No, not Moses, not Moses but uh, I don't know. I don't know who the angel's been tasked doing that, or is it a group of angels? It you seems like it's, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's Jesus because it does, I mean, because normally like that word in Greek, angelos, is not used for Jesus. But, um, you know, who knows, Bob? It could, you know, you know what it could be? Could be just a, just a random angel. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it yeah. could be just like this angel that's been 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 hanging around for you know these years, and he's just like, man, that you know, uh, and then God's like, hey, you, and it's like, what? Oh, <laughs> you know, it's like me? Are you kidding? You're gonna have me? Time to go. Yeah, are you sure you know the gospel? And it's gonna be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been studying up on it for thousands of years. Okay, great. You go. <laughs> I mean, you know, God, He could do that, or He could, or He could use the the big guy. You know, like the uh, you know the big guy gets ten percent, so He could use the big guy. But uh, I mean, He could just use any kind of random angel as well, though. I mean, I don't know. That's like, who knows, Bob? But the point is, like, and who's the angel that comes down with the key to the bottomless pit? Who's the angel that basically throws Satan into the bottomless pit? I mean, you know, it doesn't say their names. Like, who are they? Are they just like some random angel that God picked out and just like, you You know, you're powerful enough. Don't worry. You can go and take Satan and throw him down there. And yeah. it's just makes, like, you, makes you wonder, are they ready? Like, oh, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe they all have a lottery number or something like that. God's going to call them out. Number one billion six there. Oh, that's me. I get to throw <laughs> Satan in the pit, you know. You know, something else I um, – I forgot to mention too, you know, like I said, we're all going to be the God closes out the age of grace at the rapture resurrection for a reason. Our, our, our redemption is complete at that point, the day, day of resurrection, day of redemption. But you know, the body of Christ has been built over the last 2000 years and they're saving them spiritually up there. But in a one event, the rapture resurrection, everybody receives glorified bodies. Okay. That means everybody in the body of Christ, every single person in one, in one day, we're all going to have the same birthday physically because mm-hmm. we're all one body. Yeah. We're all one, you know, how many how, how many birthdays does your body have there? Okay, any of you guys, you know, how many birthdays your body have there, Joe? You know, there's only one birthday, and that will be the rapture resurrection for everybody in the body of Christ. That's why it all takes. That's why there's a resurrection, and then there's a rapture, and then we're all removed. Well, and certainly, was introduced. Certainly not as many as Bob Higgins had. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> had the most birthdays of all of us combined, I think. Um, <laughs> you know, if he's not here to defend himself, sorry, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, that is going to be a birthday that we all get together, isn't it? 
Um, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. That is pretty yeah. cool. That is like a new body, a new a new sinless uh, existence, and all have the yeah. same birthday. Man, Poor that's a body. it's so yeah. awesome. That is going to be a big holiday going forward, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) that's going to be so cool. And it's that birthing picture that's been throughout scripture, right? And how we are birthing. (laughs) It's like that whole Roe v. Wade, you know, the enemy wants to attack that birth, right? And I was thinking about that this morning and I was like, what a picture of the natural child coming from the room covered in the blood, right? just as we are born, right? When we are covered in the blood of Jesus. And I was thinking about how just beautiful those pictures are and why the enemy's attack is so strong because he hates that life. He hates that guaranteed inheritance that we have with the Lord. Remember, he wanted to be like the Most High and we are created in Mm. his image. And that just probably is just salt, acid, and everything else in the wounds, you know? And he just hates life because of that. And with that picture, though, the birthing, and I was like, you know, the Lord started that, that as far as the uh, eternal security, right, that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ is because we have that picture of the inward man, right? Almost like a baby that's growing in this husk, right? That's going to be shed off when we get our new glorified bodies, that birthing image. And it's like that that has been started by the Lord. No one can stop that. No one can stop that. And that security that we have to know that the Lord's going to bring us right. Son, the sons of God into the kingdom, sharing that birthday. It's just going to be something so wonderful. I just can't even begin to even fathom, you know, what is it like? The, ah, It's just so amazing. I love thinking about stuff like that. Cause it's so encouraging. Cause a lot of people, they, they don't, when you start looking at the, the symbology that the Lord has planted throughout scripture, you can see eternal security for us all throughout it. And that's something that's truly just beautiful as you read and the Lord opens your eyes to that. I just wanted to mention that. Oh, that's awesome. You you know what? I mean, look, I'm looking at how many people are in the chat, Greg. I I don't think that we've ever had this many people tuning in live at this at one time. Uh, When we've had Robert on, we've, we've had, uh, you know, missionary evangelist Robert Breaker on. We've had over, you know, over a thousand. But uh, we- for this this amount, uh, quite incredible. Um, God is good. Awesome. Hey, what's with the what's with the angry face there uh, on Facebook? Uh, let's come on, show us uh, show us some love. What's going on? You know, people, you know I'm talking, I said earlier that you know oh, some this, love. Uh, yeah, the uh, rapture resurrection event according to uh, George Return of the King. It's five seventeen. In fact, uh, it even the, the rapture uh, and a rapture a rapture event took place on the Simpsons at five seventeen, five eighteen on their episode. Mm-hmm. Wow. So a lot of just think about that. But here's the thing, though: it's, um, you know, a lot of people are mad because five seventeen, five nineteen, we're still here. Okay, well, you know, like I said, the bridegroom will be delayed. You figured out the time. Now it's going to be delayed. So maybe this could be a representation. He's delayed. Can this be then where the bridegroom's cries at midnight? The bridegroom's cometh. Okay. And if that's the case, then it'll be Israel midnight tomorrow, which puts us at around uh, 4 o'clock central, uh, 3 o'clock eastern tomorrow afternoon. Okay. So maybe that has to play into it. Okay. Um, none of us got to have this thing figured out. None of us do. <laughs> you know what Linda Schaff says, Bob? Linda okay. Schaff says, Linda Schaff says, as Kevin says, the rapture will happen the day of the rapture or something like that. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, which is exactly true. I mean, that's that is going to happen on the day of the rapture. And yeah. um, I can tell you this, it's obvious there are very many people who are ready for it. <laughs> I can mm -hmm. tell you that. I mean, if, if, if anything comes from tonight, Bob, it's that there are literally thousands and thousands of people that are actively watching like down to the very minute of when a rapture can happen. And that is, and that's just on a few different channels. So there's even more, more, more people than that. So a lot of people are going to get crowns when that day ultimately comes uh, because they're looking forward to the return of Christ. And that's, that's amazing. That, that is amazing to me that that many people are like just tuned in on the edge of their seats saying, is it going to happen this very minute? That's yeah. pretty awesome. It, and it's okay. It's healthy. Be joyful. Okay. If yeah. it's not happening right now, just relax. Come on. We're all mature Christians. We've seen days come and go. That's okay? so true. We're all mature. Don't get all mad now. Come on. It wasn't last week was talking about, <laughs> about 1988. And I was like, yeah, there's a book out there, 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Must Happen in 1988. <laughs> it's like, how long ago was that? When you think about it, it was what, 34 years ago it was 1988? 34 years ago. I yeah, think you guys then, all remember 1988. That was a pretty good year. Back then you didn't have the world health, you didn't have the world health organization taking over the world and about to do a global <laughs> pandemic. You know, so that Can was going believe, on back then. I just know? I still I still, you know, even to this day, Greg, I, I I just I just find it so hard to believe that they actually just shut down the economy of the world for this thing. It's just like it's just mind blowing to me. It's like you'd only do that if you actually had an agenda. I mean, you would yeah. you wouldn't do that otherwise. No. There's it's like, you know, you, how can you recover from something like that? I mean, you, you really can't. You can't. No, you, can't. you can't just stop the world and think that it's going to be okay in like a year or two years. It's not. There's the long-term ramifications. Like, we haven't even felt some of those things. But, Bob, you're talking about it. It's like, you know, in a month or two. I mean, what happens when there's no wheat? What happens when, you know, yeah. when, when there's a severe lack of that? What happens when all this farmland that you know used to actually grow all these things? What happens when all the corn that used people used to eat and feed to animals are being used for gasoline? I mean, you know yeah. what, what what happens then? So it said that historically, uh, human beings turn to cannibalism in about ten days. Oh, that's not. So that's that's where we're at um, <laughs> now. People have food in their homes. That's so a Sid Roth moment right there, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> They, they're they're going to go through all the food they have in their home. Some people that are that storing up, but uh, eventually, but eventually, it's uh, they're going to ten hit days. Ten days. If you can't, if you don't have nothing to eat in your home, I mean, look what happened to the Jews in seventy A.D. All right, yeah. When they, when they got compassed with those armies, what they do is start eating their own kids. Okay, yeah. so that, that does not sound good. No, so that, that does not sound good. Amen. So we have never seen, never before have we ever been on the verge of uh, no wheat in, in globally, for one. And two, um, around that time when we run out, you're also going to have the board disinformation coming back on back online. I mean, come on. Like I said, it's comical. It's real comical. I mean, we have to be gone here sometime. Uh, we can't yeah. be here for this. All I see is a red horse, the white horse, the green horse, mm -hmm. the black horse. That's all I see right now. Big time. 
I really don't see my future as being, you know, the main course of, uh, of someone's dinner. I just, I, I, I've never really kind of felt like that was my final destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'm going to make a nice main course. Meanwhile, in Saudi Arabia, in Saudi Arabia, and I looked at this business during the pandemic because I had time on my hands. You can, you can feed, you can open up a factory, a greenhouse, and grow food from hydroponics and little pods, and it grows to be some of the biggest uh, fruits and vegetables I've ever seen. Mm. Saudi Arabia is doing it right now in the middle of the desert and feeding all their people. So for them to say there's no food, it's just, it, it's, anybody to believe that, that that's really possible is just, is a fool. Because... They have so much. We're we're one of the biggest exporters of food, and and the blaming the Russian thing. I mean, how long can they go on blaming somebody else all the time? And how often do leaders blame other people? When a CEO fails, does he blame the the, the guy who works in the mail department? So <laughs> it's if you can't see that the whole thing is propagated and set up, then you're, you know, you are really brainwashed at this point. And, and I say that only because even people in my family that I really respect and love, they think their vote's going to make a difference this year. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm really going to change things up. And I almost keel over. I almost keel over when I hear that. And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, how? This is like being in a nightmare while you're awake. Yeah. You know, ever have a nightmare when you talk to somebody you care about and they're, they're all either like your enemy or they just don't know who you are. Even as kids, I remember having dreams like that. And it's the worst feeling in the world, right? So now we know that to be like being separated from Christ. Like that could, that's probably the worst feeling in the world. Well, Joe, I think uh, Bob mentioned earlier, it's like even if you had somebody that, that was voted into power that had like the, the guts to try for it, they'll they, kill them. They wouldn't be able to get away with it. I mean, you know, they, they, would be, they would be immediately stopped. It's just like right. even, if, even if you did have somebody, right. we all know there, somebody. We are going to clean somebody. house. It's like, no, you're not, sir. You're not no. going to do that. No. Yeah. You're not going to do, you're not gonna do any of that. Yeah. No, that's why I was saying like, it's just too far, it's too far gone for that. Yeah. And that's why I said the only redemption for this world is Jesus. I mean, that's well, it's like this. It's like this. When you talked about um, stopping the economy, yeah. If you're in a, a fighter jet, <clears throat> since Top Gun's such a hot topic lately, if, right. you're in a, <laughs> if you're in a fighter jet and you lose both your engines midair, what happens? Right. Right. There's only one way to go. And that's yeah. what they've done. They've literally shut every engine off. Controlled went- demolition, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's amazing yeah. how a movie like, like that, you know, uh, we haven't really talked about that, but it's like, some good feelings, right? It's like, you know, like good days, uh, people, you know, coming together as a nation to like defeat a common, common enemy and against hard odds, they overcome it without all the other just woke junk in the world in, in there. It's like all of a sudden now this movie is like, you know, done really well and people go out and say, yeah. oh, wow. Who would have thought, right? I mean, no, because, right. That's why they don't make those movies anymore. They don't make yeah. movies like The Mighty Ducks or they don't make movies like right. Braveheart anymore because it riles the masses. <laughs> and Hollywood knows what destroys your spirit. It's that's why patriotic. <laughs> right. That's why there's no more talent in Hollywood. That's true. Yeah. And for yeah. all we know, this Top Gun movie could be a preamble to get people excited about an invasion. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or but it's amazing how like the how people like gravitate toward that, right? And it's just like it's like for once you can actually watch something and not get bombarded at every angle with every virtue signal known to mankind. It's just right. like ah, you know, two hours of just like old school relax and 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 have a good time fun i mean that's why you know what there there was if i if i mean i saw the movie and i you know what i don't recall them saying like really bad words or anything like that in there i mean it was it was probably one of the cleanest movies i've seen in like 20 30 years you know it's like rocky that's why rocky was a hit and that's why the bible was a hit because it's a hero story and yeah. naturally, our we we are looking for our savior. We need a hero to get us out of this. Mm. And mm. the rest of the world is too. And but like we say on this show every week, it goes both ways. They're going to want their hero, who's going to end up being the antichrist, <laughs> and we want our hero, who is the real Christ. Right. And yeah. and that's why they don't give us these good stories anymore because it's it's just they don't want us on that level yet. They want us so miserable. That when it when it really comes hard, that people are going to make a choice, and it's either go home or get left behind. Well, I can tell you this: I'm not looking for my savior going into office. I'm looking my for my savior to come from the sky. Right. That's that's where I'm looking from. I'm looking for him to descend descend from heaven with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God. And I got a feeling the Antichrist is going to do the same thing. I got a feeling that between the alien deception, they're going to they're going to mock and do everything Jesus would have done. And they're going to trick a lot of people. Well, yeah. the Antichrist is not going to be able to uh, to harpazo me. I can tell you that right now. There's no. Only, there's, so no worries there. If, uh, if, if if some if some if some alien comes uh, from the sky and ultimately descends on the earth and calls himself the Messiah, I'm going to be like, well, I'm still waiting for the real one. Right. He won't because even be My savior comes from this guy. He's not going to set foot down until I come along with him behind me. Right. Yeah, they're not going to pull down now. Yeah, nope. it comes down now, there, Kevin. You can say, "Well, since you're here, I know who you are because I'm part <laughs> of the restrainer. I'm going to bust you out from everybody who you are right away." <laughs> yes. Okay. So, right. Well, okay, you know, what? I'll just go hide behind this rock until the hand restraint is removed. When you guys yeah. are gone, I'll come out. I appreciate you coming to expose yourself. Now let's get it on. <laughs> He's not going to do that. They're going to wait till we're out of here. I don't think so. I agree with you that uh, no way. He's not going to do that because he knows that Bob and I are going to take him, take him on one, on, you know, two on one. It's like, hey, let's invite him on to uptime, Greg. You know, let's let's talk about this. Let's reason. Let's reason no, together. Let's reason. Nobody's waiting on the rapture more than the Satan right now. Yeah. He's waiting yeah. for it more, just as much as we are. He can't wait. He's like, oh, God, yeah. it's got to happen. And, yeah. Well, I'm telling you, know, you, he's definitely losing that battle for heaven, isn't he? You know what would be funny is if they, if they jump the gun and try to have the ships come down, I'll be like, in Jesus' name, crash, crash, crash. <laughs> They'll start crashing everywhere. They're like, hey, whose idea was it to jump the gun here, man? We're getting our butts handed to us by the hand of restraint right now. Bob's like, you know, <laughs> in Jesus' name, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Just rebuking them all. Well, Bob's <laughs> watching TV. It's an alien invasion. Bob walks outside. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, that's yeah. good. They're not going to move. I heard something this week that really changed things for me a little bit from the perspective of the plans of the enemy. What causes Jesus to return after the rapture? Why does Jesus return? And for you, you know the answer already. 
But let's say that the Jews didn't call on Jesus. Would he return? No. The reason he comes back is to save his people. Mm. I heard, and I think it was Missler on an old show, he was talking about that if the enemy can thwart the the Jews from reaching out to Messiah, then he can buy himself more time. Mm. Because the only reason he comes back is to save them. Mm. Now, he's had, let's say, at least a couple thousand years and his think tank to try and figure this game out. So I don't think they're going to make the same mistakes they made last time, but it was very interesting when I heard that. If, if he could thwart the Jews asking for help, then Messiah may be delayed, right, Bob? I mean, because he only comes back until they're begging for him, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you can understand why he's trying to wipe them out at that point, isn't he? Because he's, he's right. up. We got ourselves a troll here on the chat. Let's get this ready. This person here. There we go. All right, gone. Bye yeah, bye. I mean, maybe he's trying to kill him to prevent that prayer, but you know. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it says like the the the, um, the devil dragon goes and tries to to uh, you know persecute the woman, right? And tries to, but but the. Um, but it's God, up, uh, right. you know, protects them in the wilderness, right? So mm-hmm. all that period of time, uh, you got to think that Satan's trying to get rid of that remnant, isn't he? I mean, he just doesn't want he doesn't want that remnant to call out for Jesus. Because right. yeah. if they're in heaven, if they're dead, then he doesn't have to come back, and right. then they reign with him. They'll be in he, heaven, and, and he'll be like, in his mind, maybe listen, maybe he's like, nah, if I can get them up there faster, then there's no reason for him to come back. Well, see, that's the thing, right? Satan gets kicked out of it because he, his, his first notion is he wants to control heaven. He wants to sit on the throne. He says, I will sit on the throne. But he's going to get kicked out of heaven, and it says that he's not ever going to be able to allow, be, be allowed back in. And it right. says that, oh, woe, woe to you on the earth, for the devil has been cast down. The devil is going to be here, and he's going he's gonna to be like, okay, well, this is my domain now. Right. I'm going to go ahead and control it. So I can see why you're saying, uh, you know, Joe, he doesn't want – Listen, he knows how powerful Jesus, he knows he knows Jesus is the son of God. He knows it. And he oh, yeah. does not want Jesus to come back and start, you know, trying to mess up what he's got going on down here. So you're you're absolutely right about that. Maybe, he's gonna do everything that he can in order for that not to happen. And maybe that explains Ezekiel thirty eight when they come after them, because as soon as that rapture happens, I'm of the belief at this point that it will happen when the after the rapture. But mm-hmm. I could be wrong. And maybe no, he goes in. The, maybe he goes in to get rid of them because he just wants them out before Jesus comes back. You know what sure. I mean? It's like throwing out your girlfriend or boyfriend. If there's girls here, I'm saying that he's always house. trying to destroy Israel. Let's be right. honest. He's always just trying to destroy the the, the the male children, right? When he when he so that he can so there can't be a lineage to Jesus. Mm-hmm. When Jesus was born, he had Herod do the de- decree to kill right. all the male children. He's always right. trying to stop. What ultimately is going to happen? It's like it's just like somebody. It's like it's like any of us who who sees the inevitable coming, but we're always trying to like do something in order to not make it come. But we can always. But when you see, it's 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 going to happen. That's because right, you know, that's the road Satan's on right now. He knows Jesus is immortal, so it's not like yeah. killing the killing the lineage. He didn't know that Jesus coming. He didn't know that crucifying him was going to save him. That's he was right. trying to get him out of town. 
He killed Jesus because if he knew that it was going to help people, he would never would have crucified him. <laughs> That's what the Bible says, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So he was literally trying to get Jesus out of town so he could rule here. Amazing. And that's why he crucified. Amen. I think this is a good spot to uh, to end the broadcast. But thank you for coming on. Uh, special guest we have Michael Pels. Thank you. Um, once again, sure. I'm going to put up your uh, information here just so people can get to your. Uh, your website. Um, it's just the YouTube channel, Michael? Yep, yep, just the YouTube channel. Okay, there it is. So youtube.com slash C slash Centurions of Faith Michael Pels. So yeah, please go there. Please subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. And uh, yeah, Lord willing, we'll be back next week. Thank you for coming on, brother. We really I appreciate, appreciate it. it, guys. God bless yeah, you man, all. Thanks for coming. Good being you, Mark. Yeah. I appreciate and, uh, it. Yeah, thanks a lot. And everyone, we, uh, we're, we're going to be praying for you, and um, we'll see uh, what the future holds. And uh, God bless you all.